The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The brain is our personal tool to keep us at our best and realize self-esteem. The mind, body, and immune system work together to help us make the right choices and to reach our purpose and potential. Welcome to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Lindsay and her guests are the go-to experts when it comes to relationships, sexuality, parenting, and wellness. We're here to enlighten and inform you. Now, here is your host, Lindsay Levinson. Hi, I'm Lindsay Levinson. I'm your host here at Illuminating Now. We are on the Variety Channel, and of course, we're listening to voiceamerica.com. So thanks for joining us. You guys are loyal listeners. I greatly appreciate it. So if you're brand new, thanks for tuning in. And if you're coming back, thanks for that as well. And we are on part two of a two-part series. So I hope that you will go and listen to last week at some point, which would be August 6th, and make sure that you get the benefit of all of this series. I want to tell you, though, how to follow us because Facebook is illuminating now. That's all one word. And again, you guys have been extremely dedicated. We have an interactive site, lots of things that go on there, questions, answers. We involve you. We often announce you on the air and your name and come back to Facebook and talk about it. So that's been really successful. And I want to just really appreciate you, too, for your involvement on that because it takes a lot of people and a lot of you to build the community that we've built. So thanks for that. At Illuminating Now is our Twitter site. So follow us there if you would and qualityforlifecoaching.com. I'm going to repeat that. Four words. No numbers, just words. Qualityforlifecoaching.com. That's my personal website. It's been redone. There's a blog. It's interactive. It's updated. And I would love it if you check it out. And I'm certainly willing to do a complimentary session with you via Skype or phone or local. So feel free to contact me and we can work through anything that you might want to talk about. And last week on our show, we did talk about a press release that went out. And I just want to mention it again because I'd love you guys to Google and take a look at what's happening with the show. The Google can certainly be just under Illuminating Now or my name. Lindsay Levinson, but it was an announcement about the growth of this show and the renewal and the fact that we were just a little shy of 20,000 in our community in five months. So now we're over that, but I want to have you take a look at that because it also talked about the guests. It talked about the guest today, who is Jennifer Elizabeth Masters, and she released her book, Orgasm for Life, in May. And so that was really successful because she was on the show right after. And so I want you to, you know, take a look at that because that's listed in the release as well as the New York Times bestselling author Alan Fox coming back, the Emmy-nominated film director Dean Adams, uh, Oprah's Ambassador of Hope, Morella Scott's book subject being on our show. So these are exciting things. 
there's another press release that also went out, and it was very specific to address that Jennifer Elizabeth Masters was going to come to this show and do a two-part series because not only was her book release, but when she came to the show the first time, it went really well. And the listeners loved the material, wanted more of it. And so it's exciting that she was willing to make the time to do this two-part series. And that leads us to today. We are here today, and I am going to give you the address, Jennifer Elizabeth Masters. Now, I want you to take down, it's jenniferelizabethmasters.com, but I also want you to make sure and take down her blog, which is jenniferelizabethmasters.blogspot.com. That is Love Yourself Fearlessly. That is her blog. It is so worth checking out. It is going to change something in your life when you get a hold of looking at this flag. So I ask you to just look at it. It's innovative. It's great. It's really worth your time. And, of course, Facebook, Jennifer Elizabeth Masters. Okay, so I want to just also tell you a little bit about today's show because last week it was part one. So we talked a little bit about sexuality um, intimately, ourselves, our own bodies. What do we know? What do we don't know? What's going on for women? What's going on for men? And the individual experience that we are having. Jennifer Elizabeth Masters is an expert. She's a sex coach. She's so many other things, which I'm about to tell you. But she brought us a lot of information last week, which was awesome. And so part two is about relationship and bringing it to togetherness. How do we how do we bring what we know about ourselves into this dynamic with somebody else? So she's going to bring us some more wisdom today. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She has been on a healing journey for over 30 years. Her healing has taken her all around the world and landed her in the desert of California. She has found the desert to be peaceful, supportive, and nurturing. But you know what? It's also wild, windy, and disruptive. Very fitted for Jennifer Elizabeth Masters. In the process of healing her own sexual dysfunction, codependency, addictions, and illness, Jennifer has developed several programs to help empower women to love themselves fearlessly. I love that, right? That's so strong and powerful, and I love it. She's very dedicated to that. One of the biggest changes in Jennifer's life is the total absence of fear, absence of depression, and loneliness. She has discovered when we come to loving acceptance of ourselves, we get out of our own way and we stop trying to make things happen. We allow life to unfold. Jennifer's worked with thousands of women and men, helping them to heal from addiction, depression, and limiting beliefs and unworthiness. She is an author. She's an inspirational speaker. She's a hypnotherapist. She's a certified life coach. She's a mother of three and a master energy healer and ordained minister. Could she be more? I think so. I'm going to tell you a couple more things. She's a Scorpio. She unbashedly says she has enjoyed sexual expression. She assists women to find the sacredness in sex. Married and divorced four times, Jennifer is an empowerment and sex coach for women. So her book, Orgasm for Life, came out in the end of this recent May, 2014. And we're really lucky I believe, to have this expert with us for part two of this series. So I want to say with everything you have going on, Jennifer, your book, your coaching, your traveling, 
everything. You still made the time to be on this show, not once and not even twice because you were on in June, but certainly this is the second part of a two-part series, but your third time and really helping our listeners learn and grow. So thank you so much for coming back. Thank you, Lindsay. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, it's always exciting to have you. You are just so real and with truth, uh, so candid, and it really helps people, I think, people who just share their real experiences, and certainly your expertise is just wonderful because of how vast it is, how many people you've talked to, the research that you've done. Last week, we explored individual sexuality. We talked about key subjects. We were so far from done. It was hard to end that show, I will say. Um, But we did talk about why it was important to know ourselves, our bodies, our needs, uh, differences between men and women. And today we're going to expand a little by talking a little more toward the relationship angle of, you know, what we know about ourselves and how that correlates right into relationship. Um, So it's important to have sex as a foundation in any relationship. And the level of pleasure that we're having really plays a large role in whether anyone even wants to have sex, let alone the frequency. I mean, you have to have pleasure to even want it. Would you agree with that? Well, that's a a big issue with women is that they're rejecting sex because they're not having enough pleasure. So say more about that because I'm I'm so with you because I've got my own clientele. Boy, do I hear that a lot. Talk about that. Well, part of the issue is that women are not speaking about the fact that they're not having an orgasm. They feel, you know, they feel broken in some way that there's something wrong with them, that it's taking them 20, 40 or or, or more minutes to have an orgasm. And so, you know, even with a, a husband that they've been married to for a long time, many women don't feel comfortable saying, uh, honey, I'm, I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm, I'm still hanging here. Can you help me? You know, so that, you know, that is an issue that women feel uncomfortable talking about it. And, and of course, like I said, it's, it's part, partly because they feel that they're not, you know, there's something wrong. What's wrong with me that I'm not having an orgasm like you are? Yeah, you know, we talked about this on the last show, but I want to revisit it. I think it's worth the time and energy to really talk about what, what goes on a little bit before we move straight to couples, although, you know, the sexual experience is about couples. We are talking about that. But I want to talk a little bit more about women. I know you talked about the G-spot. We talked about women being emotional and, you know, they have to be okay in their head. They have to be grounded or able to just let go or at least be calm and safe. And I, I think we both were sharing a little bit about that's a problem, isn't it? Women... Women aren't necessarily coming from a grounded, just, I'm going to let go and everything's okay. They're either afraid or um, trying to please their man, something. But if they're not, you know, in the right place in their head, then they're not ever going to get to an orgasm. Is that true? Well, absolutely. And, And something that just came up while you were talking about fear, one of the things that we haven't talked about is how most of our lives while we're menstruating, we're afraid of getting pregnant. So we're trying to prevent it. And sex, you know, unprotected sex is a big issue for us, even when we're married. You know, we're so concerned about being being pregnant. So, you know, that's an issue. And if focusing on something other than the pleasure takes us away from being in the moment. 
That's so true. That is that is so true. I was just thinking as you said that about how much it, it, how much it's important, how how much worth is put on a woman being okay with her body and herself, and yet and 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 that's certainly pre-pregnancy. But then, if a woman does get pregnant, even if that's what she's trying to. do, there's so much worth on that. In other words, then a woman's trying to get her body back after pregnancy or after breastfeeding, trying to get her breasts back or how different it is for a man and woman. And that, and that what we're also saying about a woman being emotional, if she doesn't feel beautiful or doesn't feel pretty or hasn't gotten her body to a place where she feels proud, once again, that interferes. Is that? Absolutely. Absolutely. But what I will want to assure women is that most men do not see you the way you see you and your man most likely thinks you're beautiful and and your body doesn't have to be perfect to be attractive and and the more that we can love not only our bodies but our genitals that's part of our issue women are so worried about do i smell okay you know um you know, it, it, is this going to be okay for me? And there's so many things to be concerned about. It All of that takes you away from the pleasure and being in the moment. And so being okay with your body, loving your body, we don't have to have a perfect body to be sexy and beautiful. And getting in touch with that inner that inner feeling of love and loving yourself, this is something that all of us women need to be okay with our bodies and our genitals and, and love all of it. And the more that we can be loving and feeling sexy, here's the other thing. Go buy some new underwear. You know, go to a, go to a lingerie store. How many of us are wearing, you know, granny panties? I'm sorry, it's really hard to feel sexy when you're not wearing something pretty. So get yourself some new lingerie. Go, you know, there's lots of different places you can go to get lingerie. But I will say that that's a big deal. You know, it's a big deal. And maybe you should wear your new lingerie to bed. It will make you feel better. So find something that will make you feel beautiful. I think not. I think that is so valid. I just think you're so onto something with all of that, all of that. And and I think and as you're talking, you and I, I mean, we just we completely stimulate thoughts in each other's heads, I think 24/7 when we have these talks, but I think that, you know, you're talking about your man, you know, doesn't see you the way you see yourself and and you've got to kind of pull it together and start seeing the beauty within yourself and start to love yourself and love your genitalia and and I think this is so, what, what's so valid and what resonates for me is going back to the statement sort of, it is all in your head. And, and, and so is orgasm. That's something that is a state of mind. And that's the same thing that if you're in fear or if you don't feel safe or if you don't feel pretty and you're thinking about that, do I smell or do I look fat or, you know, I, I hope that he's having this experience right now. If you're not able to be in the right place in your head, then an orgasm can happen. And it's the same thing I hear from men, that if a woman walks across the room, if she, you know, a man will tell me, I don't care, even if he's dating, even if it's not his spouse or his woman, he'll just say, I don't care if a woman is overweight or if she walks across that room and is proud, if she thinks she's a sexual creature, if she likes the lights on, if she doesn't say, put that sheet on or turn that light off or don't look at me right now, 
You know, he says, men tell me all the time, that's hot. That's really hot when that woman just struts across that room and jumps on the bed and says, pull the sheets off. I want you to see this. You know, he's like, oh, my God, I don't care if she's overweight. I just I'm like mesmerized by that sexy woman. And then he'll say, I'll date someone from the gym who's like a perfect, perfect specimen. And that's the person who's working on perfection so much that she is like, turn turn off the lights, put on the sheet, do this. Do. And he says that just as a turn off. I, I, I want her to think she's beautiful. So it's really interesting to hear from a man's point of view, even, that it's a lot less about how you look and much more how you hold your energy, you know, and how sexy you feel. Absolutely. I, I want to mention, though, that men have an issue about their size and whether they're too big or they think they're too small, there are so many men focus on that. And it's the same thing for women. It's a body image thing. The more that you love yourself the way you are, the better it is, no matter how it is that you look. And exactly, women need to know that men are going to love them and they're going to get turned on by them just by the fact that they feel good about themselves. It doesn't matter how it is you look. It doesn't matter your size. And I've seen really large women feeling really good and have great body image. And so it has nothing to do with your size. It's more about how you feel inside and in your mind. Right, right. And that, and I wanted to reiterate what you said about, you know, kind of we're chuckling over the granny panty thing. But, um, you know, when I talk about it's all in your head, it's, it's, it, it can't happen in a moment. I mean, and sometimes it can. In other words, maybe putting on a piece of sexy lingerie certainly might serve you in a moment. But I like your idea that just, Starting to live in a certain way on your own, and this goes back to your own personal relationship with yourself, start, and it, and it might be sexy lingerie, it might be cute boxers in a tank, but make yourself feel beautiful. Don't think, well, I'll just wear granny panties and a big moo-moo until I come across the right guy or until I come across the right moment, because then that's your perception of yourself. You're a granny panty moo girl, you know, and then when the moment happens, you're already carrying granny panty moo girl to bed, you know? So it doesn't matter whether you're with someone or not, or how often you have relations, like be a beautiful woman, whatever that means to you dress, whatever that means to you, you know, and carry yourself in however that means to you all the time, just be that for yourself. So when the time comes, you know who you are and you strut that way. And I think that goes for guys, too. I so hear you on the, on the body image thing. And we might have talked about that on the last show, too. But that, you know, again, you'll hear me say women are emotion, men are testosterone. So women are very emotional. They want to be close. They want to know they're cared about. They want to know they're safe. And men are sexual creatures. And they do like intimacy. But that the whole sexual situation and certainly their penis is a big part of what's going on in that program in that moment. So if, if they can't get erect, if they cannot get it up, you know, they will leave a woman naked in bed in the middle of an emotional experience. You know, they'll just get up and be like, Oh, I'm sorry. It's not happening. Never mind." You know, and they'll stomp out of the room and the woman, it, it, you know, is just sort of wait, but, what you know we could just kiss we could just hang we could just hug 
Do you find that's true? Do you hear these kinds of stories? Well, that is true. That men men take it really personally when they you know they have a, a functional issue, and there's so many things that we could do in that moment, but it's certainly nobody's fault. And it could be just a thought that ran through the gentleman's mind, you know, and it could be the repetition of the thought that ran through his mind some other time when he had that same experience. So, you know, we can repeat the same malfunction just through a thought. And, you know, that's some of the work that I do. I help people get beyond, you know, having those limiting beliefs that things are not going to work. But yes, you could, you could turn to massage, you could have, you know, strawberries and and chocolate and feed each other and, and change what you're doing, change your activity, Um, go take a shower, go get something to eat, and then come back to it. Or, or maybe, you know, just dance or, you know, take your mind off what was happening in that moment, but certainly don't blame each other. It's no one's fault. Yes, I think that's really important. Don't blame each other and don't leave each other hanging. It's it's both things. It's don't it's don't blame each other and don't blame yourself because right. again, in both right. situations, right? She might say to him too, "Oh my God, you can't get it up. What's going on with you? Is it me?" Like, so you're right. You don't want to point at someone because it makes it worse, but you also don't want to. And same with the girl. You don't want to say, "I just I'm bloated. I'm sorry. Goodbye." You know, like. You don't want to leave someone hanging in a moment either because that person is exposed and vulnerable as well. And they're, and, and, you know, they, yeah, you're right. I love your ideas. I love that, you know, just, um, it's like almost with a child, it's distraction and just change it up, change it up, do something different so you can kind of re reactivate a moment and recreate it. So a new energy happens that gives you a new chance. So you just mentioned vulnerability and, and that's so true. We are never more vulnerable than when we're naked and naked and exposed. Right. And, and so you want to be very careful about what you say about your partner. For example, if if you're trying to guide him to do something that you would like, do it in a way that's not like a dictator. I talk about this in my book. Don't be a bedroom dictator. Um, because <laughs> you can really harm somebody's self-esteem. And, and men have, uh, you know, they have a lot of, uh, you know, their self-worth is wrapped up in their prowess so give them a compliment tell them what they do or are doing wonderfully well I really like it baby when you do this now could you do this or could you do this a little faster or a little slower so do it in a way where you're giving them a compliment first and then giving them a little bit of gentle guidance I love that I love that you know what I wish the whole world would do that. I mean, that that applies to so many things beyond sexuality, but but boy, does it apply to sexuality. And for the exact reason that you said, that I said, that you said, you know, vulnerability <laughs> and, and, and nakedness and exposure. I mean, right. that's right. You're just, you are as open as you can be and almost like a wound. That's why I said it's more like life. You can be open and anything positive is a good thing, but sexuality and vulnerability it's almost like a wound. It can go either way. It can be tremendously healing if someone, you know, shapes it in a way that really feeds you. And it can be tremendously detrimental if someone, you know, gives you, like you said, the, the sergeant command. You know what? That's not working. Can you please do what we did last time? Do you not remember that? You know, I mean, that, you know, can be a crushing blow of which, you know, it lives on and on, which the vulnerability can carry back to the next experience. 
I love that shape it in positive, you know, start with, you know, you do that great or remember that time you did that and I loved it or even if you've never done it, you can say, I have so much faith that this is what's going to turn me on because I've been thinking about it. Would you be willing to try that? Because it's been on my mind, you know? So however you couch it so that the person kind of lights up and thinks something exciting is happening here rather than I'm getting told what to do. You know, you mentioned about malfunctioning, um, and I wrote a little erotica in this book, Orgasm for Life, for a good reason. I, I talk about fantasies and how you can spice up your relationship with a fantasy, but, you know, if you read the book together, that could be a way, you know, if you're having an issue with an erection, read the book together, have her read it to you, and see what difference that makes, because that could be enough to change it up. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. And, um, you know, I kind of say, I say jokingly, but completely legit. This this is a, you don't put down kind of book, but it's also a, a pick it back up book. Like you, <laughs> once, once you read it, you realize, huh, you know, this would be a great book to pick your favorite little spots and tag them with a post-it and have it, have it on the bedstand because, uh, it absolutely, it, you may have erotica in it, and it's, it's erotic in and of itself in the way that you talk so candidly. And we are going to go to commercial break, but I, I love that idea, and I'd love to mention again, the name of the book is Orgasm for Life. I will say it is available through Amazon, and it is available through Kindle. So how cool is that? Have it on your Kindle, and have it on your bedstand on your tablet. So we are listening to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. We have Jennifer Elizabeth Masters as our guest. I'm Lindsay Levinson. We are going to break. Stay tuned. We have good stuff coming right up, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you learned how to play the money game? There are all kinds of rules when it comes to money. Should I spend it now or save it for the ultimate rainy day? If I make a tiny mistake now, will it really affect everything in the long term? For the answers, tune in to Cultivate Your Financial Health with Wayne Firebaugh. You'll come away from each show with a better understanding of the rules of money and how it sets up your future. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time with a replay Saturdays at 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. To connect with Lindsay or her guest, please call in to the show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. That's l-i-n-z-i-244 at sbcglobal.net. Now, back to Illuminating Now. Hi, this is Lindsay Levinson. We're back. This is Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. And we're here with Jennifer Elizabeth Masters. And we are talking about sexuality. We're on in part two of a series, a two-part series. So we did talk about individual sexuality. And we are talking about relationships and dynamics that connect two people together. And What's healthy? What's not? What do we need to know? Jennifer released her book, Orgasm for Life, in May, and it's great. And it's on Amazon, and it's on Kindle, and we're talking about a lot of wisdom that Jennifer is sharing with us, uh, how to get through things and things we might need to know to have better experiences. So let's get back to it. And I will say that, again, August 6th, and of course, today's the 13th, that you should listen to the two parts of the series because they really do go together. And so let's talk, Jennifer, you know, I know we, we left off in talking about body issues and caring about yourself and how you hold your energy and what's attractive. Let's talk about some intimacy and some practices that people might do or not do that feel good. What about pillow talk? Let's talk about that. Uh, is that a sexual you know, what do you think pillow talk is or has to be or do people like it? Is that just chatting before bed? Is that an erotica practice? What do you think? Well, you know, it could start in the restaurant before you get home. It could be as simple as, you know, saying something in a sexy way. It doesn't have to be sex talk per se. Um, so you could say, I really... You know, I really can't wait to get home and and just you know look at your at your partner, give him a the look. He's going to know. 
Um, it could be as simple as, you know, I love it when you do and whatever it is or more, harder, faster. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you can express that he's doing or she's doing a great job. Let your partner know. And, of course, talking about it in advance, asking how do you feel about sex talk? You know, do you like it? And and some people may be okay with a little bit of dirty language thrown in. And, but others may not feel comfortable. So there is, you know, there's that how is it for each individual? It's an individual thing. So be comfortable with it. But it can certainly enhance a moment. And here's another one. How about just moaning, groaning, making sounds, vocalizations? Because as you start to, we've talked about this before, Lindsay, as you start to vocalize and, and show your partner that you're experiencing pleasure with your sounds, that could bring them to orgasm. I think that's really, you know, very, not just relevant, but I think that it is something, again, that people don't talk much about together. But I think it's, as we continue to reinforce that orgasm is in the brain, it's going to come from the brain. It's it's, It's the same reason a man may or may not get erect. It's the same reason a woman may or may not have an orgasm being locked somewhere in, in her head or or we're accused of faking it, but, you know, as if we're doing it on purpose, <laughs> but it's because we really can't get there. So these things are all in the brain. And so I think that's really true. That's a part of the letting go, I think, is is if you really did moan or could make sounds or could let yourself go, then that allows another person to let go too, you know, they're instead of just in motion trying to accomplish something, they're listening. And when you listen to someone, and that's the same, I think, with potentially dirty words and dirty talk, and you know, it kind of it, it, it's part of the freeing process. You hear someone saying stuff, it's kind of dirty, and you know, you can't help but your brain's kind of going there, which is getting juicy, which is getting hot, which could take you somewhere, and so. I just I like that you bring that up because these are practices that I think it's it's just as much as we're locked in our subconscious and sometimes you know can't get free of things that are limiting so it is that some of these things we might do that are a little bit awkward like you know talking dirty words or talking dirty it might sound like really you want me to say dirty words but when you start doing it it start two people doing it together you almost can't help but get a little freer, don't you think? Well, and that brings me to phone sex. That having phone sex with your partner could be really erotic. And yeah. it, it, it could it could be very spontaneous, but you know, that could be something that could bolster, you know, the passion in the bedroom. But I also want to mention that, you know, we have so many body parts. We have mouths, you know, (laughs) kissing can heighten our arousal and and it releases endorphins in the body. It, It makes us feel good. It makes us feel connected, you know, but there's so many body parts, you know, not just, um, you know, the sexual organs, we, we have toes, we have fingers, we have a neck, you know, there are all kinds of ways that we can heighten the sexual experience. And by doing it all, instead of being focused on just the sex organs, you know, kiss the neck, nibble the ears, kiss the mouth, I mean, kiss your lover's mouth, and, and you know, caress their bodies, don't just focus on the target. 
There's right. so much more than that. And I talk about that a lot in the book because I, I talk about target practice. I have been with men who consider <laughs> there's only one focus and it's the vagina. And I'm sorry, I'm not just a vagina, guys. It, women are not just a vagina. We have so many other wonderful body parts. So touch them all, kiss them all, and, and you're going to find that your partner has a, a heightened sexual experience, maybe multiple orgasms. Right. Oh, that just so, so true. And, and again, as we talk about girls being emotional, words for girls are important. And, and so if you tell a girl while you're touching her and not just touching her vagina, but if you're just touching, if you're, if you're petting a girl's hair or you're touching a girl's, you know, arms or or legs or any part of her and saying, gosh, you know, this is beautiful, or I really like you, or you are turning me on, or God, it's exciting to be with you. Again, you are freeing a girl in her mind. I mean, she is, you know, a woman can just go places by being freed because you are speaking. And that, and I really want to tell men, that's something that is a technique, is just speaking to a woman and letting her kind of come out of her own head because she's listening to you and you're saying things that allow her to start to be free, to be the beautiful woman she is. So... You know, I, I think that whole target practice thing, another thing to do with that target practice, which I love is, you know, you can make rules too with your partner. Like you can say, and when I say partner, I'm talking even again, if it's dating, you can be saying, you can touch, you know, get me turned on by touching everything but my nipple, but definitely don't touch my nipple till I tell you to make me beg you for it. You know, make me beg you for this, make, you know, but make it kind of a game. But part of the game is you won't be touching me there, but, but I'm going to want you to, but make me ask you. I, you I love that. I love that, Lindsay, because that, that brings me to how about this one where <laughs> <laughs> the woman can be dominant. And, you know, and have her partner lay down on the bed and say, oh, no, 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 you cannot touch me at all. (laughs) And then you can just pleasure him and not allow him to touch you. And the fact that you just said, you cannot touch me, that could really heighten his pleasure. Right, right. I think a lot of these things that's, it's, you know, it. It doesn't have to just be, as you say, target practice or just so simple or just be sex. Just what you said, it's a whole body full of parts and it's a whole human mind full of thoughts and wonderful words and wonderful things. And as you said, going to dinner or starting in the morning or whatever things that you can do to turn someone on. And we miss a lot of this. I think we miss just how many lovely, wonderful, sexy, erotic things that we can say and do to create, you know, not just the allure, but just the heat, true juicy heat. That's a turn on. And then it can lead somewhere. And as I said, this is sort of subliminally a freeing thing to create practices like this that we don't even know we're removing a lot of our limiting beliefs. I want to get back to the the speaking that men, it's really important to let your partner know that she's beautiful. Let mm. her know she smells good, that she tastes good. 
just saying those words over and over could be enough to get her to have an orgasm with whatever you're doing. Because, you know, the more beautiful we feel, the more free we feel. Like you said, it unlocks something in us. And the fact that you are being adoring, that's, I mean, that's what women need. We need to let go. And the way we let go is by knowing that you think we're beautiful. Right. I, I think I can't agree enough. I can't stress it enough. I will personally disclose I'm greatly affected by that. So it's, uh, you know, I give my own testament to, you know, I am very affected by someone speaking about those things. And I am someone who has a lot of things going on. I mean, I'm very much a brainiac. So, you know, I can be thinking a lot of thoughts. But if someone's speaking to me about wonderful things about me, you can bet that's where forget all the other thoughts. I'd like to listen to that. I want to so. I want to comment, may I, Lindsay, about yes. this. I interviewed a, a gentleman. He had been married to the same woman for thirty six years, and he was complaining to me that his wife didn't want to have sex with him. And I said, "When was the last time you've told her that she was beautiful?" And he said, "I never have." I said, "Excuse me, you've been married to the same woman for thirty six years, and you've never told her she's beautiful." He said, oh. "Well, if I tell her she's beautiful, she'll go screw some other guy." I, I said, oh, excuse me, I don't get the logic here. So men, just because you tell your wife, your your partner, that she's beautiful, that does not mean she's going to go step out on you. It's going to mean she's going to love you that much more. It's going to open her heart and open her passion up to you. So don't be afraid. I was married to someone like that. He, he told me, I will never tell you you're beautiful because it'll go to your head. That's and, and so it's I, sad. It's it sad. It is sad. It is sad. And and again, I go back to the clientele that I work with, and I have had particular. It's this dynamic. I think it's really interesting. You know, there's and it's not to peg men because I can name things that women do for sure. But on this particular issue, I'm going to say that I I had clients because in 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 couples. I adored the men for reasons. I adored the women for reasons. I mean, I can see why they each had their own special things. But this was a particular dynamic where I had these women that were strong and lovely and smart. And I mean, they were literally, I was shocked that I had a clientele that was literally legitimately extremely beautiful, but, but so many things to them that made them beautiful people. And then the men that were with them really wouldn't tell them. And I couldn't understand it, like, you know, but I did. It was exactly what you're saying. And they just absolutely, it was real clear to me that the men knew they had, you know, these incredible creatures with them as a partner. And just, they were not going to feed one more ounce of what might make that person, you know, walk away. They thought, you know, they knew I have someone special. If she were to ever really get a win of how special she is, she's out of here. So I'm just going to kind of keep it edgy and maybe even knock her down a little bit here and there. So she's, and then the women are a little different on this issue. You know, women feed men. They really want to feed a man so that he, you know, knows how great he is. So this dynamic's kind of unique, this particular one. But um, I love that you're telling men this and it's, you know, I, I don't think it's like the opposite. Like women don't tell men and men do. I think everyone needs to tell everyone. I think everyone needs to be fed by the person that you are seeing, even if it's for a moment in time, feed the person you're seeing as a dating thing, as a sexual thing, 
It's what you started with before, even in, even in feedback in a very intimate situation. Start with something positive. You know, I've been thinking about you or I've been thinking about this or I wanted to tell you I'd like to try this with you. I know we never have. Instead of saying, you've never done this to me. Why not? I wish you would. It's this has been on my mind and I would love to try it. And I've kind of been craving this with you. Are you willing to do it for me? You know, just but it, somehow you present it in a way that makes somebody else feel really special and hot and it's amazing what what you get out of feeding someone so you know that's a really good point and and the other thing that that I want to just kind of extrapolate on is that that trying something new you you may enjoy it instead of saying no right off the bat try it. it it might be wonderful I like that I like that a lot. Try it. That's exactly right. Try it. What things don't we try that, you know, we never we never knew were the thing we could have loved. So Well, absolutely. And the thing about intimacy is that this is between you and your partner. It doesn't need to be spoken about in the church. It doesn't need to be talked about, at, you know, at your quilting group. It, you know, <laughs> this is between you and your partner. This is intimate and you know, it's just between the two of you. And what they say about consenting adults, if the two of you agree to do it, then it's okay. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like it. Try it. Consent to it. Talk about it. Explore it. Discover. It's, it's good stuff. On the contrary, I would like to talk about something that's a dynamic that is in a lot of relationships, and that's anger. And, you know, that, that kind of standoff situation. Mexicans stand off two people. They don't want sex or they won't talk about something. Um, I know that you're an expert and I know that you face these types of dynamics. Can you speak to this a little bit? Well, th- this is one of those that nobody wants to make the first move and something happened in the relationship which caused, uh, usually it's the woman, to not want to have sex with her husband and then he's you know, frustrated so he's sniping at her and so Nobody wants to make the first move because nobody wants to be vulnerable. And here's the thing. While the two of you are in this conflict situation, somebody has to shift the dynamic. Why won't it be you? Be the bigger person and be the one that puts your arms around her and says, you know, I really love you. I want to get back to where we were. How can we do that? What do you need from me to know that I love you? What does it, what's it going to take for you to know how much I love you? Yeah. And, and that could just be enough to break the tension. But she doesn't feel loved and safe and you don't feel loved and safe. Somebody has to be the one, the bigger person, and, and just break the silence, break this. You know, I've seen it in so many cases where, where there's clearly love there, but this conflict just gets so big and the, the distance, it just creates this huge chasm and, and years end up going by without sex. And that's, you know, that's not love. You've got, you've got, to, you've got to let down your barriers and, and let love back in. And do you feel like people become abusive in these situations? Do they take it out on each other when this starts to happen? Or yeah, it, of, it often does. And, and cheating would be the next step. If, if somebody's not getting sex, they're not getting their needs met, then they may feel justified in stepping out after a certain amount of time. And, and it could be that one party or the other is basically just, just, I dare you. I dare you. Have an affair. 
and just see what happens. You know, that could be the unconscious programming that's going on in somebody's mind. Right. And I mean, I love your advice. I absolutely love it. And I'm a huge advocate of this kind of stuff. Like step right into it. If you're afraid or it's going wrong, like you're not, you know, you're not doing yourself any favors. You only have so much time on the planet. So step into it rather than just waiting. But I ask you again, this is a vulnerable place. If, if sex isn't happening, even the one who began the process, even if it, even if it's the woman who for some reason something happens and she doesn't want sex, each person without that sexual foundation within the relationship, they're starting to feel rejected or feel unworthy or not so beautiful. How does a person, you know, so then you become really kind of scared to ever have that talk and say, can I fix this? Because you feel like the person's going to say, no, if you could have fixed it, it'd be fixed, you know, so is there a way to feel safe in having this talk or get someone to have faith in being the first one? Well, you know, it, it, it would be a great thing to just maybe get away from the house, get away from your, your, the place that you live into a different environment so that, you know, that nobody's on uneven ground, if you know what I mean, and, and have a dinner out and break the ice you know, whether it's a half a bottle of wine or, or just conversation that needs to happen. But being able to look at each other and appreciate your partner for who they are. Look at them. Remember who it was you fell in love with. Right. And, and remember those feelings instead of being focused on the conflict. Right. Because when you're focused on the conflict, nothing's going to happen. I really like that. I like that a lot. That's a really good point. I would like to repeat that for you, the listener. When you're focused on the conflict, nothing is going to happen. And it's kind of what we've been saying sexually, too, when you're focused in your head on something. I mean, if you're a man and you're focused, it's not even your fault, but you may not get an erection. If you're a woman and it's a fear, you may not have an orgasm. This is not necessarily your fault, but there may be work to do to move through something that you're focused on that will be prohibitive for you to move forward in something you really do want. So what Jennifer is saying here, you know, if you're focused on a conflict, nothing's going to happen. So, you know, removing yourself from your home, a dinner out, that's a great idea. I also would add a couple other things you might think about, which is number one, maybe if you feel super vulnerable and afraid, um, maybe a letter, you might write a letter or you might even say to your partner, we're not coming together. Let's face it. Sex isn't part of our relationship anymore. Let's each write each other a letter about where our heads are at or what we want or what we're afraid of. Or So you might ask your partner or you might just write a letter of the things you'd like to say and give it to your partner and then say, I'd like to go to dinner and talk about my letter in two, you know, two nights from now. So that's one option. And, and the other thing is just to think about things in terms of questions. You might, I don't know if you think, Jennifer, that that works you know, think in terms of not necessarily saying we're not having sex, what's wrong, but just I'd like to ask you if you're okay or if you're distressed or where you think we went wrong or, you know, but kind of just start asking questions as a two-step rather than. Well, questions work really well because they get you to think differently and they, they get you to experience perhaps the other person's viewpoint. And here here's the other thing that... When we have compassion for ourselves and our partner, it makes it so much easier 
so much easier. So having compassion for your partner and where they're at will get you out of your ego. It's the ego that puts up these roadblocks. And so you want to tap into your heart. Sometimes you need to actually touch the middle of your chest or touch your partner in the middle of your chest and make some eye contact. You know, this contact, not disconnection, and no cell phones. Here's the thing is that we get so distracted with all these things. Don't have a conversation that's meaningful in front of the television or with the cell phone present so that you get interrupted. So it's really important to not be, you know, disconnected. Excellent. Excellent advice. I like the no technology thing. We're going to have to close up. I'm going to just recap. We did talk today about sexuality and relationship. It was part two of a two-part series. So please listen to last week as well. And please grab the book Orgasm for Life. It is on Amazon and Kindle. And Jennifer, I want to quickly throw a thanks out to you for being on both of these shows. Thank you. Thank you, Lindsay, for having me. I really appreciate it. You're so very welcome. Our listeners love it. I know that. And I want to tell you, Lindsay's life secret today. We're on this planet to relate. We're on this planet to be witness, to feel, to explore our sexuality. It really is the core of our being, our sexual being and fulfillment. It's a big, big part of who we are. Take time to learn your needs and your wants. Be an explorer of your partner's bliss. Listen, ask, be curious. You know what, guys? Remove judgment. Learn for the both of you. You only live once. So you know what? Give pleasure. Get pleasure. Be with pleasure. And definitely grow your pleasure because there's a lot to be had in this lifetime. Jennifer's book is a great way to help you live and learn more about your pleasure. It's Orgasm for Life. You need to look it up. It is on Amazon and Kinzel. So there's lots of ways to get it. And she talks very truthfully about her own experiences, which is very helpful for you. Please continue to follow us. I want to tell you about next week's guest as quickly as I can. It is Dean Adams. He's an Emmy-nominated director. He is a cinematographer. He's worked and he has been showcased in BBC, ABC News, France 24, Discovery Channel, PBS. He's won awards. It was his filmmaking workshops with refugees In 2010, he was Oscar-nominated for a documentary. And in 2012, he was recruited as part of the management team for KTAR TV and continues that. He is an editor-in-chief, senior reporter. Dean's future goal is to create charter-driven stories from the trenches to help change in the world. And he's an amazing guy. Honestly, you guys are going to want to listen to this show. He's really somebody unique. So, I am your host, Lindsay Levinson. We're on Illuminating Now. Our guest has been Jennifer Elizabeth Masters, and I am so thrilled that you make this choice to join this show. You are busy people. You have lots of choices what to do with your time, and you certainly have lots of choices what radio station you tune into when you hit Voice America. So, thanks for choosing this show. Thanks for making the numbers grow, and thanks for building the community. Guys, have a meaningful and a really great week. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Please join Lindsay Levinson again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.